Thank you, Jesus. So worthy. So worthy. Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes it's just good to sit in the, the weight and the holiness of his presence. Sometimes we as people feel the need to, to rush to the next thing, to not feel the awkward space of silence. But sometimes it's, it's in the silence that the Lord wants to speak, to feel the weight of His holiness. So let's just take a moment. Ask the Lord for greater revelation of His holiness. Scripture says to enter in to his courts with praise and thanksgiving. Yeah. Let's just take a moment as we've praised the holy name of the Lord. Feel free, just, just briefly, one at a time, let's just declare out thankfulness. Thank him. Thank him. Let's just individually, one at a time, if you've got something that you just want to praise out, excuse me, just say out, declare out, thanking the Lord. Be loud so all of us can hear. Jesus, amen.
What a holy moment. Honestly, I just I was thinking about this from the perspective of a father. Like for those of you that are mothers and fathers in the room, like man, the joy that it brings my heart when one of my kids comes up and and just with a sincere heart says, "Daddy, thank you. Thank you for fill in the blank. Thank you for taking me here. Thank you for this food, this meal. Thank you for playing with us." You know, the the sincere gratitude. And I just get this picture of the joy of the Father's heart as he just looks down upon this gathering, which the enemy wanted to steal (laughs) through weather and not have us gather. And I just see the joy on the Father's face that he was able to bring a small group of people here and that we're just thanking him. His children are just thanking him. And I just, I feel the favor of the Lord and as he smiles down, (laughs) Hi, baby. (laughs) (laughs) That was the Holy Spirit. (laughs) What a picture. Father, we just come before you today with hearts of gratitude. We thank you, Holy Father, who sent and sacrificed his only son so that we can walk right into the presence of the Lord. And Father, I just even ask in this holy moment, Just because you're here, it doesn't mean that everyone in this room is going to see it. And so, Father, I ask for eternal eyes upon each and every person in this room to see your holiness, to see your presence, for it to bring a heart of gratitude, Jesus, revelation of the gospel, conviction of sin, and a hunger to love you more and to love you deeper. And to die to ourselves, Lord, as we come into union with the Holy Father. Can you say Jesus? Jesus. Emmanuel. Amen. Amen. We just want to dive into the Holy Scriptures, amen? God is good. Bonita Beach. Of course. Um, man, cold weather and snow didn't keep y'all from coming, all right? Hey, and I just want to, <clears throat> can I publicly honor and thank... Um, is uh, who's joining us from uh, my city today? Come on, let's go. Uh, you know the beauty? Um, we gather under the name of Jesus, right? And I just love the fact that, like, um, man, we're brothers and sisters in Christ, and y'all can hop in, hop out, hop in, hop out, and, and we can just gather because at the end of the day, we're gathering under the name of Jesus, and Jesus has done the same thing in so many of our lives that um, it's just fun. We, whether it's just hopping across town to worship together or uh, for those of you that have been to the nations or different places, there's something so unifying about the power of the Holy Spirit that you may not even know people, but you jump into a Holy Spirit gathering 
and it's just like there's a unity and a family there that you, you don't even know these people, but you're just, you're, you're unified in spirit, you know? Um, and some of them, sometimes you don't even know the language, right? But there's just a unity there. So uh, just, yeah, welcome. You guys, pre- appreciate you guys being out here today and trekking all the way out here. Uh, I feel like it's because the Lord's going to do something. And there's something about when Holy Spirit people get in a room together. Doesn't, Lord, doesn't matter what name, church name you're under when we get in a room. He cares about whether you carry the banner of Jesus. And when, and when we gather together under the banner of Jesus uh, in unity of the Holy Spirit, I'm just, I think things happen when we're expectant. You know what I mean? So uh, appreciate you all being here and... Uh, I'm expecting the Lord's going to do some wild, he's already doing things, so enough on that, but um, yeah. Well, we're going to dive in. We've been just chewing on this idea of word and spirit. Um, we didn't do announcements, whatever. Whoops, my bad. Uh, we'll get to those eventually. Uh, we've been chewing on this idea of word and spirit. Um, and last week, we kind of hit heavy on, like, what is the word and the necessity of the word, right? I apologize. We've, we usually record these, put them up on a, a podcast platform for people to be able to chew on if they missed it. Last week got messed up for some reason. It didn't record right, but it's a, it's a very low-quality one if you need to check it out. But um, really kind of focused in on the word. Uh, we won't rehash all of it, but um, I feel like the Lord's just kind of bringing us through this this these weeks here of like he wants to teach on word and spirit and I'm realizing as we begin to unpack it there's just so much that goes into it (laughs) and there's a lot of things that can go into it and so we're just kind of we're going to teach me and CJ we've been dialoguing the last few weeks and I just feel like we're going to kind of keep teaching on this and hammering on some different lenses and ways of looking at it until he says stop okay (laughs) so uh we're going to get as well to the spiritual giftings we hit on some of that a few weeks ago, for those of you that were here, um, we, we just read the text and put it into action, and it was amazing. For those of you that were here, people were, you know, we were words of prophecy, uh, miracles, faith, uh, tongues and interpretation. We just read the text and said, okay, here's what the text says. Let's do this in its proper place. Uh, and God just kind of moved through it. It was pretty cool. We didn't even really teach on it. Um, and so we're, but we're going to hit the spiritual gifts eventually, maybe a little bit today, maybe a little bit next week or whatever, but we'll get there too. But there's so much that goes involved with this. So do you want to maybe just share kind of where the Lord was landing on it this week with this whole, uh, the root thing? Uh, yeah. So, well, first of all, I do want to say, uh, it's really good to see everybody here, uh, especially, um, on a day like this. Um, it's pretty crazy, but you know, sometimes, you know, we, we live about 35 minutes from here, and Nick's always talking about how it's, it's crazy that we drive that long, but when we lived in California, we drove an hour and a half for tacos, so um, <laughs> I really don't think this is, this is, this is, definitely, this is definitely much better than tacos, um, but uh, yeah, we, we, would, we would drive to the craziest places for the smallest things, and, and uh, this is just, uh, what do you say, we're, Nick, we're, we're trying to go out in the snowstorm, was that Friday? Uh, to do a podcast together, and our wives are just laughing at us, and I'm like, just another day, <laughs> you know, just another day, but... Um, I'm, I'm praying I'm closer. Eventually, yeah. the Lord will answer that. Yeah, so, <laughs> but, um, you know, something that the Lord, what Nick hit on about, you know, the perspective of, of a father for those who have children, um, I think there's one thing when, when, when we had our boys, um, I feel like I understood scripture a little bit more from the perspective of a, of a loving father towards their child. And it really brought a lot of light to things. And so for those who are parents, um, you know the difference between when your kids complain about everything and when they're thankful, thankful for everything. Amen. Uh, how many of you love it when your kids just complain about everything? Uh, nobody. <laughs> and so, and, and I began to look at this. One of the very first things when I came to the Lord in 2009 um, <coughs> was our pastor really taught on um, the power of our words. Um, He taught on um, what it means to be a person of praise compared to a a complainer and those who murmur and complain. And, you know, my my go-to people that I always look at um, is the Israelites. Now, I talk about them a lot, but I think there's so much that we can take away from that. And I remember calling up Nick, and I was just like, man, you know, I think there's something here 
because over my years uh, in ministry, when we'd pray for people, specifically even, even in deliverance, um, one of the number one things, probably the majority, uh, that I've seen as the root of a lot of what was going on and a lot of the open doors was actually a root of bitterness. And it was like nine out of ten times, there was always some form of unforgiveness, some form of offense, of anger, of hatred um, that developed in this spot and they, and they just never took care of it. And so over time, um, and in, in James, it actually talks about this, James 1, if you guys want to write this down, James 1, read the whole chapter. But in verse 15, it talks about how, you know, leading up to this verse 15, it talks about how we are, we can't blame God for these temptations because we are actually enticed by our own desires. And it says that when, uh, in verse 15, it says, well, actually, I'll just, let's, let's just, I'll just go for it real quick. I really don't Let's wanna... do this real quick because we do this before we open the word. Would you raise your Bibles? Yes. If you want, stand in reverence to the holy word of God. If you want or are able. And would you just repeat after me before we dive in? Say, Jesus, Jesus. Yahweh, Yahweh, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. We, believe we believe this is your holy written word. This is our holy written word. And we commit to obey. The words, the words that we're about to read. About to read. Amen. Amen. So in James 1, um, I'll kind of set it up here real quick, um, and then we can go on to the second part that I'm feeling a stirring on. But it says, um, verse 13, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when, by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. Verse 15, then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. And there's a, a version here, uh, if you read, where it says, and, and when desire gives, it conceives, it gives birth to sin. And it says, when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So when things are planted... Or when we take the bait of Satan, we, when these things are allowed to grow, it gives birth to these things. So when you have unforgiveness or bitterness, or if you are always offended by something, or you're complaining, those are actually indications that there is a root of something there that you have allowed to grow and you have not taken care of it. And so... You know, we want to talk about uh, deep spiritual things, and we want to talk about going here and, and doing all these things for the Lord, but in reality, it's actually in the most sim simple things that we do on our daily, uh, our, our daily moments is actually um, when we allow these things in that actually dictates how we go and how we mature. Amen? And in Hebrews 12... Verse 14, Hebrews 12, 14 says, Make every effort to live in peace with all men, to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. So we know that there are things that we grab onto, things that we hold onto, um, that we allow to kind of linger and grow. And, and I want to kind of really touch on the importance of what it means to live a life of praise and live a life of complaining. Because, one of, like I said, one of the first things I learned of was the power of our words. And, I, and as I grew and was maturing, um, I realized that a lot of my prayers were actually me just complaining to God. And a lot of my responses... And a lot of the words that I was saying, in fact, I would honestly speak so much death over myself. And when I, when I had this revelation, I realized, like, man, like, I pray and ask God for this, but then I turn and I complain about that very thing. And so there's no faith. There's no faith there. And, and, and in 1 Corinthians 10, you want to add anything to this anytime, bro? So the Israelites, so 1 Corinthians 10, turn there real quick or write it down. I encourage you to turn there. We'll read a handful of this. 
But let's go to, to the Israelites. How many of you know the story of the Israelites coming out of Egypt? If you've heard it, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not going to obviously explain the whole thing. I encourage you to, to read through it. Um, so God brought his people out of Egypt as they were slaves and into the wilderness. The goal was to go to the promised land. It was probably like a, a 10 to 14 day journey to the promised land from, from there. And when they got to the edge of the promised land and God told them to go spy out the land, um, out of the 12, only two came back with a, a faith-filled positive report. And the rest were like, you know, they're, they're giants. We're nothing. We're just but grasshoppers in their sights. There's no way we're going to be able to defeat them. And then, of course, uh, Caleb and Joshua were like, you know, we, we can do this. The Lord said that we can do this. We're going to do this. And because of the majority of them had this, this complaining, faithless attitude and heart towards the Lord, um, there was a reason why he turned them back around and had them go back into the wilderness. And of course, it turned into 40 years in the wilderness. And so the reason, I want you guys to understand this, the reason why they were in the wilderness for so long was because mainly they continued to murmur and complain towards God. Now we're talking about the God who brought the plagues, freed them from 400 years of slavery, led them through the desert, did all these amazing wonders for them, provided for them constantly. Their clothes and their shoes never wore out. Amen. And, and, and yet they continue to have this heart because how many of you know that even though they left Egypt, there was still Egypt inside of them. And so you, want, you always want to know why God chose Moses to lead the Israelites and not anyone out of the group. Anyone know why? Is because he was not born a slave. He was born in the palace. He was raised in the palace. And so he didn't have a slave mindset like they all did. And so he chose Moses because he could lead them out. Moses said, I've experienced that life. We're not going back. He didn't want to go back to slavery. He, didn't, he was never a slave, but he understood it, and he was never wanting to go back. Yet they were slaves, and they consistently complained and wanted to go back. And so in 1 Corinthians 10, let's do... Let's start in, in 6. So he's talking about the Israelites here. Now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat, drank, and got up to indulge in pagan revelry. We should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 of them died. We should not test the Lord as some of them did and were killed by snakes and do and oh wait hold on and kill and were killed by snakes and do not grumble or complain as some of them did and were killed by the destroying angel these things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the fulfilling of the ages have come so if you think you are standing firm be careful that you don't fall so he's saying he lists four things they had idols they were in sexual immorality and they constantly tested the Lord. And the, the fourth one is something, at first I thought, that doesn't seem like it belongs because we look at idols, terrible. Oh my goodness, sexual immorality, obviously terrible. Uh, t putting the Lord to the test, absolutely terrible. And then the fourth one is, they grumbled. They complained. And see, these four things, these four things that happened, they were written down so that we can look at these things. And the fact that they put complaining in the same category as idols, sexual immorality, and the testing of the Lord points that there is an importance that God does not like complaining. He loves you. Don't get this wrong. He loves you. But there's something about complaining that I personally believe, and I wrote this down in my notes, which actually I kind of go on note list right now. So... Um, that complaining is actually an accusation towards God that says, God, you're not doing the job that I think you should do. And then it, and, and deep down it's, I think I can do a better job than you with this. Complaining is an accusation to the Lord. So 
Yeah. And well, you, you know the interesting thing? The question becomes why, why is complaining such a big deal? What, what's the reason for it? And, the, and when you go back to the passage he's referencing in 1 Corinthians 10, where he's referencing the Egypt stuff, uh, interesting point here. Um, when you read that text in Exodus and Numbers, <clears throat> so they do, they do some things like complaining, like make idols, like accuse their leaders of certain things. And at the first time they do it, you want to know what God does? He actually blesses them. Not blesses. He he kind of heeds their complaints. Okay? Then, later on, we see them doing it again, those same things. Complaining being one of them. And all of a sudden, you get this like, there's like a trigger. <laughs> like, people are getting struck down. <laughs> there's serpents that are, that are being sent to buy people. There's diseases that are put on the people. When they accuse Moses of certain things, their, their leader... They're, they're complaining against their leader. God has like harsh reactions. And the question is why? Why is there a difference between one part and the next? And it's actually very simple when you read the text in the narrative of it. In between those two things is Mount Sinai. What happens at Mount Sinai? Covenant. When they entered into a covenant relationship with the Lord and they complained against holy God, when they complained against their leader, when they made other idols. The Lord says, when you enter into covenant with holy God and his holy people, there is a responsibility for us to represent him well and to uphold our end of the bargain to a non-believing world. Because what did he say at Sinai? Well, even, this goes back to Genesis when he tells, uh, he gets a couple different calls to Abraham. The first one is, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to give you nations. And then he says, I'm going to have you, you're going to be a blessing. You, God's people, will be a blessing. I'm going to put you on display for all the nations and they will be drawn to you by the manner in which you act and by presence being with you. So why is covenant, or excuse me, why is complaining such a big deal? And I'm going to even go specifically to the body of Christ, okay? Why is it such a big deal? Am I just really echoing here? Sorry, guys. Why is it such a big deal when we not only hurl accusations against God, grumble and complain against God, but grumble and complain against fellow believers and against, fellow, and against our leaders? Why is it a big deal? Because it's a misrepresentation of God's character and who he is. And God takes that really seriously. <laughs> not when you're a non-believer. You're, you're not held to that standard. You don't know truth. You're ignorant to truth, right? You're not taking the name Yahweh. You're not taking the name Christ. But he says the moment that you enter into covenant, now there's a serious thing in taking the name Jesus. That you can't just take the name Jesus and then do whatever you want and spit on his name, right? And when I grumble and complain against Jesus, especially outwardly to other believers, what does that tell a non-believing world? Right? What does that speak to a non-believing world? Go, go with me to Romans chapter 12. Guys, and I think this is really important as we talk about spiritual gifts. Because you want to know the irony? We just read out of 1 Corinthians 10. What does he talk about two chapters later? Gifts. Spiritual gifts. Yeah. 1 Corinthians 12. I'm going to read out of Romans 12, starting in verse 9. You want to know what's immediately before this part in Romans 12? Spiritual gifts. Interesting. Why is that? Why is it that seemingly, and there's another one too that here that I'm missing, but why is it that seemingly when God wants to talk about outpourings of the Holy Spirit, God moving in power, his giftings being poured out, all these things that we on the surface as the body of Christ want to go, yeah, I want to see God move. I want to see crazy things happen. Meanwhile, our tongue is cutting down the fellow believer next to us, and we're wondering why maybe we don't see these things. Why is it in Scripture that we see spiritual giftings and the, the honoring and upholding of one another in the body of Christ linked. Because God cares so much about it. Because he knows the purpose of spiritual gifts is to actually unify the body. What is the body? We're in covenant relationship together. And our covenant, whether it be a marriage, whether it be the church, the covenants that God puts in our life, he wants to put on display to a non-believing world. And he knows that there is such power I'm talking Holy Spirit power 
when our lives can testify to a non-believing world, that that's the very thing the enemy is going to attack. It's the very thing. You better believe it's demonic. I mean, you've said this before. Like, if, if God inhabits the praises of his people, who inhabits the complaints? <laughs> right? Because the enemy knows, if I can get them to turn on one another and start complaining, and then you want to ask me for an outpouring? <laughs> you can't even honor one another. You can't even stop your tongue from talking about the person next to you for more than a week. <laughs> and now you're going to ask me, you're going to praise me, and you're going to say, Lord, we want your holiness, but you can't stop your tongue from cutting down the person that I've brought into covenant with you. Does that make sense? So Romans 12. <laughs> this is why also in 13, the root of all this is love. Love for one another, love for God. That's how you see this played out, right? Romans 12, 9. <clears throat> Let what be genuine? Love. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with... Again, this is if you read the verses right before it, spiritual giftings, okay? Love one another with brotherly affection. Oh, I love this one right here. We will live by this, what I'm about to say. If you enter into this place enough, I will unabashedly say this is a standard that I ask you to hold me to and I ask you to hold everybody in this room to. You ready? Here it is. Outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another in showing honor. I was going to read the rest of it, but I'm just going to sit on that. Outdo each other in showing honor. Man, we need this today. <laughs> if we can be a people who out of our mouths can honor one another, honor the leaders that he's put in place, honor the brother and sister he's brought next to us. Now, what I'm not saying is, hey, if you can't ever question, there's a difference, okay? There's a right way to say, hey, what about this? What about that? There's a right way in doing it, okay? I'm not saying you're creating a culture where you can't ever question anything. But what I am saying is there's a manner in which God asks us to do it where we're not constantly complaining and cutting each other down. Yeah, right? Because I guarantee you, the moment that that creeps into this place, you better believe that the, the Spirit of the Lord pouring out will be hindered. Mark my words. And I actually believe the moment we put this in high esteem and high regard, like above anything, like, you know what? Oh, I don't know that guy, he said this. I don't know if I agree with him on this, but I'm going <clears> to, <throat> I'm defaulting honor. I'm going to default to honor because the Lord says to outdo one another in honor. So you know what? I'm going to outdo him in honor. I'm going to outdo him. The moment that that's the standard, I think the Lord's going to like, blow even more through. I mean, he's been doing it, right? But I think he's going to blow even more through this place. Because we are a people, why does he link these two things? If he can get a root of bitterness, if he can get a root, which by the way, I don't remember which text if we've read it yet, but it actually says the root of bitterness is like a poison. <laughs> that when we have this root of bitterness inside of us that we don't deal with, it actually becomes like a cancer within the body of Christ and within you personally. And it spreads. What does poison do? It spreads. It kills, right? That if, if we don't actually address that root, it will spread. And it will affect other things around it, okay? So I know this probably isn't like the most like, I think it's uplifting. I don't know. <laughs> but but I, man, I, I just believe we lack this today in the, in the day and age of like, hey, let me get my opinion out there. And yeah. uh, But man, like, you know, we're, we have a, a teenager in our house and... Um, you know, like, you just, you, you realize, like, uh, there's a generation being brought, like, things she's being told, being taught, that, like, almost like, hey, your, your opinion needs to be heard at all times, <laughs> right? And, man, like, no, like, honor one another. Sometimes we don't need our opinion to be heard. Sometimes it's simply just honoring the person next to us, even if it's hard for us. Amen? Um, so, sorry, I, I, no, I, I went on that. I, but yeah. Can I add something to that real Go. quick, too? It's it, when he was talking about um, covenant, uh, what does God call us to do uh, within this covenant is he calls us to be sanctified. 
which means to be set apart, uh, to consecrate ourselves. And, and there's a scripture that always flows in my mind when, when, when we talk about words is, is in Luke when it says that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth will speak. I think this is huge because it says there fresh water and salt water cannot flow from the same spring. Like there will always be a contamination. If you have water and you put salt in it, it's not like you can separate the salt inside of it. It's going to be salty now. And so there's, there's such a huge push on God's people to be set apart all throughout the Old Testament. That was his goal for the Israelites when he made certain rules and certain commands that he wanted them not to look like the world. With the Egyptians, he didn't want them to look and act and function like the Egyptians did. It was a constant uh, pruning, a constant pulling apart, a constant purifying. And, and there's, there's, it reminds me of the story of our, our friends in, in Clarinda, Iowa. Uh, he just had this, this huge plumbing issue. Well, the neighbor was always wondering why his tree wasn't growing very well. And our friend just found out it was because the tree's root system was actually inside of his sewage waste system. So as the water was, like, his house was backing up, and he was wondering why, it's because the roots of the trees actually broke through the piping and were actually trying to get nutrients from his waste. And the tree wasn't growing. And so I, you know, see everything as a sermon in my life. Um, And so I'm, like, immediately thought, like, man, I could preach that. I could so preach that. And I, and I just, I realized because, you know, sometimes, like, wherever you're planted, that's where you're getting your nutrients from. Well, where are you planted at? One, where are you trying to get your source from? Because some of us are planted a, a next to a, a, a sewage drain, and we're wondering why we're not growing. And then we're wondering why we're speaking the things that we're speaking towards the, our brothers and sisters, towards other ministries. And... And it's, interest, it's so interesting because until you actually fix that issue, you're going to continue to speak the way that you speak. If you're wondering why you're complaining, well, what are you filling yourself up with, first of all? Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth will speak. What are you setting your eyes on? What are you setting your ears on? And this is why God says sanctification, because when you become a believer, we're, we're not going to listen to the same things we used to listen to. We're not going to watch the same things that used to entertain us before. We're not going to hang around and, and, and dwell within the same people that we used to because now what we're doing is we're setting our eyes on, on things of God. And, and I said this before at House Fires is that we're uh, Hebrews, I believe, where it says, no, 1 Corinthians, uh, where it says, when I was a child, I thought like a child. I talked like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind, which means that we, we pick up and we take what, where we were rooted and placed, that we picked up and we planted ourselves in the kingdom now and the things of God. And that will influence. So if you ever wonder, and, and I, I do this all the time when I have conversations with people, and, and they're sitting there and they're cussing and they're doing all these things and they're a believer and they're doing all this stuff. And I'm like, well, you know, you can actually tell how much time someone is spending with the Lord by how they're speaking. So that's super good. That's super good. And, and here's why I want to... <clears throat> You may ask, like, why is this in the Word and Spirit talk? I mean, we've kind of addressed on it, right? The question would be, why is it in the Bible right next to the Word and Spirit, the Spirit talk, right? Because I think um, as, we, as we see the Lord pouring out, as we see even spiritual giftings being poured out, <clears throat> which, by the way, we will be a place where we see spiritual giftings. You want to know why? Because it's in my Bible. <laughs> is it in your Bible? It's in my Bible. So, so we will see that. We will see it in a biblical manner. We will ask for it. Why does, why does Paul say... In 1 Corinthians, later on, in 14, he says, earnestly desire the spiritual giftings. And then he says, here's a way in which to do it. But he says, earnestly desire them. Why is that? Because he knows that when spiritual giftings are flowing in a body, there's unity. (laughs) Right? There's power. There's demonstration of covenant relationship with the Lord. And so as we enter into the Lord doing these things and God pouring out. I get that, like, this is a topic. I said it last week. Go listen to the terrible recording we had on it if you want. But, uh, like, word and spirit tend to be pitted against each other. And we addressed kind of the word thing last week, right? But they're not meant to be pitted against each other. Now, I will say as kind of a, can I give a, um, maybe a, a holy exhortation on this, okay? A, 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 a caution, Okay. How the enemy is going to try and disrupt this 
is I, I think of it like if you think of like a, a four-lane highway all going, you know, one direction, okay? Within those lanes, those different lanes, on this spectrum, sometimes there's like, hey, there's, there's maybe some people who express these things kind of this way, and then you have in this lane, they maybe express it this way, and then over here, maybe, you know, you have more of this, less of, less of something else, and on this, in this lane on the far side, it's kind of more of this, less of something else, but they're all on the same highway. They're all going the same direction. They're all leading to the same place. They're maybe in different lanes, driving at different speeds or driving different cars, but they're all in the same lane. And I think sometimes what the enemy, sorry, I'm losing my voice, <laughs> or I'm just growing. <clears throat> I, thought I, already, I thought I already did that. Um, <clears throat> but, but what the enemy wants to do, so, so we have those lanes, and as long as you're in those lanes, let's rejoice and praise Jesus, right, in terms of like where you're out on the spectrum of how the spiritual gifts are being expressed. The problem is when we start getting on the shoulder, <laughs> there needs to be some caution, right? If, these, if the lanes are the bounds of the Bible and God's heart and the Holy Spirit and we start getting on the shoulder, well, that's not a good place to be because you're outside the lines, right? And what happens when you're on the shoulder? If you keep going on the shoulder, where are you going to end up? In the ditch, <laughs> right? And so the caution is we want to make sure that whatever is going on and whatever we're doing, we're rooted and grounded in the word like we talked about last week, right? And the word is Jesus, and Jesus is the expression of the word. And so that as long as we're within those lanes, we can give grace to whether you're in this lane or that lane or this lane or that lane. But as, as soon as we start to get on the shoulder, we need to exercise caution, and we need to make sure we're not going in the ditch or allowing people who are in the ditch to be trying to pull us to the ditch, if that makes sense, Right? But what we don't want to do, and this is what I think the enemy does, is if you're in this lane here, and your brother or sister in Christ is in this lane here, he tries to say, hey, that person right there, they're in the ditch. They're in the ditch. Tell them they're in the ditch. Don't even, don't associate with them. They're in the ditch. When in all actuality, if they are in the ditch, yeah, that'd be one thing. But in all actuality, they're just in a little different lane. And we're all going the same direction. We all love the same Jesus. We all want the same Holy Spirit to be poured out. And the enemy's going to try and divide across those lanes so that he can then separate, pull us apart. And what's the very thing we lose the moment he does that? Unity. And in turn, Holy Spirit. Because when there is no unity, there is no Holy Spirit. I'm telling you. So my caution is let's not focus on the different lanes and how right or wrong we may be, right? Until we're getting on the shoulder and in the ditch. And this is where you bring in healthy leadership, people to help with that, people who've been grounded in the word, not just for like I mean, here's a caution, okay? Maybe, maybe um, our YouTube people who've been reading the, bur the word for like six months maybe aren't the people to go to on what, what the lane, the boundaries are on the lanes, right? <laughs> Can I just be honest? Like maybe we should look to the, the fathers of the faith who have studied under other people, who have taken guidance from other people in humility to be corrected, <laughs> right? Who have studied for more than a couple months, Right? but are, are pursuing the Lord steadily, faithfully, in the word for years, decades, under good, solid teaching, let's, let's bring those people in to allow them to help us put those boundaries on what the lanes are. Does that make sense? So my holy caution as we launch into more spiritual gifts, because we will be a people, I'm telling you, don't, don't let last week make it seem like we will not be a people who earnestly desire spiritual giftings. We will be a people who earnestly desire spiritual giftings. Because Paul says to do it, it was in the gatherings. It, those, that was the thing that actually brought unity together, okay? But let it not tear us apart either. <laughs> major in the majors, minor in the, minor in the minors, eat the meat, spit out the bones. Let's, let's not make these things that are not gospel issues Right? And, and allow, here's my other ask. Sorry, CJ. Here, here's my other ask. Um, 
at times, the Lord from leadership may say, hey, you're not like in the dish, but here's, here's one thing I would caution you about. Let's maybe be mindful of this. I can see you getting on the shoulder a little bit. Um, let me give you my, my two cents on trying to maybe help grow you and mature you. And don't just take that and go, oh, they don't appreciate my gifting, man. <laughs> they don't know how I'm gifted. I'm out of here. They don't like me. They don't understand me. I've seen that. So I've been that guy, <laughs> okay? I've been that guy where, oh, Prophet Nick, who's been following the Lord for six months, thinks he should walk up to the lead pastor and say, hey, you're doing all this wrong. Like, no, I had to go back and seek repentance from a lot of people because, hey, I uh, need to be matured a little bit in my prophetic gifting. Forgive me for that, <laughs> right? But, but allow those people to help mature you, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. And the hardest part about growing is, and learning is realizing that you really didn't know as much as you thought you knew uh, before. And, and that's like, you know, a punch to the gut and your pride and you got to let it all go. But I think, you know, when we're, when we're talking about um, complaining towards each other, uh, and we're talking about generally complaining in our situations as well. I think it all stems from the same, the same thing, uh, which I feel like if, if we could preach one message for the rest of our life, it'd probably be to die to ourselves. Um, and that's, that's what it is, is that we got too much flesh involved. And, and the temptation is, as you've seen out throughout church history, um, and then even from my uh, last 14 years, 15 years of, of being saved and being in ministry is, is that's the one tactic that the enemy will constantly be trying to use against the people, especially when God begins to move, um, he wants to divide. And, and that's the biggest thing. And so from a marriage point of view, which, man, I really wish we would have had our marriage thing on Friday. I know, uh, postponed two weeks from now. <laughs> Not this Friday, next Friday. Yeah. Marriage Q&A, postpone. But if I can speak to you from a husband and wife point of view real quick, uh, something that we were taught in the beginning was to uh, identify how the enemy works. And when the enemy gets a, even a small foothold, you have to immediately take care of it. You have to be able to talk about those things. And one thing we listen to a lot of uh, mercy culture down in, in, in Fort Worth. Uh, and one thing, they, one of their, their, their uh, what is it called, their characteristics or their, um, one of their things that their standards that they always set is uh, we lean into awkward. And that means we have awkward conversations. We're not afraid to confront and say, hey, you know, in a loving way, you got an issue with me. <laughs> uh, is there an issue here? Like, let's solve it. Let's try to fix this now. Um, and I think that's super important. So from a husband and wife point of view, one thing that really, really blessed us was uh, how the, knowing how the enemy works. Because what he does is, is I'll say, I'll, I'll come home from this. You'll, you'll be my wife for a sec, okay? <laughs> this is. <laughs> oh, CJ, I'm your second wife. Okay? Come on. I'll come home from a hard day work, and you've been with the kids all day, Nick. And I feel like this is a trap. I'm supposed to be Leanna right now. <laughs> And I'm, I'm tired, and I'll say something, you know, that is, it doesn't mean anything to me, but it's the tone I said it in. And, and Nick will get a little bit offended, like, I can't believe he talked to me like that. And then the enemy comes over here. Nick. <laughs> and then uh, the enemy will come to Nick and say, man, I can't believe he, he talked to you like that. You don't deserve that. Um, man, just let him have it, you know, tell him. Tell them what you've been doing all day. You don't deserve that. And then, and then he'll say something in response to me. And then now my flesh and enemy comes over to me and starts whispering in my ear. It says, man, you just worked all day super hard for this family and for her to say something like that to you. And then there you have it. Now there's a root. And now we took something that didn't mean anything. We made it into something. And now we have bitterness towards each other. And now there's a wedge there. And so if we can identify, learn how to identify how the enemy works and say immediately, when I say something, Nick's response, Holy Spirit, okay, you know, Holy Spirit guiding me on this one. Slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to anger, scripture says. And so if we can get to those roots and, and, and navigate and cut those things out immediately, unity will remain. But if we allow these things to grow, there's been times in my life where I have this whole scenario played out in my mind of what this person met, and I'll dwell on it for like a month. 
And then I'm just like, tell, you know, you could tell other people, I can't, you know, this person said this, oh man. And then you actually finally have a talk with them and you realize that's not even what they meant. But now the enemy has a foothold and he's tortured you with it and he's caused bitterness. Now you're offended and now you have unforgiveness and it leads, it leads to more and more and more, amen? We'll, we'll land the plane here. And I appreciate you guys, honestly. There's going to be seasons when um, in here we're maybe teaching more than we normally do and others when we're uh, pressing into some other things for longer periods of time. And I, and I feel like these last few weeks, the Lord has really wanted to teach and edify through teaching because I feel like this topic and asking the Lord for more of these spiritual giftings, I just feel like we got to be on the same page. <laughs> Otherwise, it can, it can go the wrong way so quickly. <laughs> And so I feel like the Lord is prepping us for more. Amen. Well, and Nate, so, can we, can so we, hang in there. Can we read 1 Corinthians, um, uh, what is it, 13? Or just that section? Yep, yep. And, and to explain to you, you want to, I mean, do you, do you know where I'm going with this, bro? I think you do. The love chapter? Yep. Okay, there's a reason why chapter 13 is the love chapter, and it's, it's literally right after the spiritual gift chapter and right before the how you do the spiritual gift chapter right yeah so it all goes together but yep. um you know verse uh, 13 it says if i speak in tongues of men and of angels but have not love i am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal if i have the gift of prophecy and cannot fathom all and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge and if i have faith that can move mountains but have not love i am nothing if i give all i possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but have not love i gain nothing and he goes into talking about love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, mm -hmm. it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices, everybody say rejoice, rejoices in the truth that always protects, always trusts, always hope, and always perseveres. Love never fails. Yeah, that's right. So it's the, it's the base of how we can operate successfully in the gifts yeah. is if we remain in love and remain in faith. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Jesus, we just, would you pray, <clears throat> pray with me here? Yeah, I know, I know we're, we've been going for a little bit, but um, lean back in, press back in with me. If, you've, if your mind's wandered, press back in with me. Jesus, would you who in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Father, we rebuke any spirit of bitterness in this place right now in the name of Jesus. Just zero in with me. Zero in. Father, we bring darkness to light. I pray against any division in the name of Jesus. Past, present, or future with what you're doing over this place. I pray your mighty hand even upon this property I just see like a mighty hand, his mighty hand covering this property. <clears throat> covering this people. I pray a spirit of love for our brothers and sisters in Christ because we have a love that's rooted in you, the word. 
Father, we believe there's light. We believe there's darkness. And I rebuke the darkness right now in Jesus' name. The darkness that wants to come in here and steal what you're doing. In the mighty name of Jesus, we rebuke it right now. And we shine the light on it. We see the tactics. It's cowardly. I declare a freed people in this place. Freed from the bondage of bitterness. Freed from the bondage of pride. Freed from the bondage of unforgiveness. <laughs> okay, that's something right there. Someone needs to hear that. Someone needs to get up out of their seat and release that right now. Jesus. Unforgiveness in the name of Jesus. It will not take root. It will not take root in this place. Complaining against another brother or another sister. It will not take root in this place. The stakes are too high. The world is too dark. And your light needs to be brighter than ever. Jesus, what do you want? I even just feel in my heart that it may not even be an offense that you have or bitterness towards someone specific, but uh, even towards God. You might even have a root of bitterness towards the Lord because maybe he didn't perform how you thought he would. Maybe you've been praying for something and you just haven't seen the answer and, and there's just been this, this bitterness or this offense that has developed towards him which has stopped you from actually moving forward and I just really feel in my heart that even with that to lay it at the altar as well and to give it up yeah. you have to understand that he he loves you let's do this um, listen we had some uh, songs of worship and some different things but I feel like the Lord <clears throat> took it a different direction, which is good. Um, you got some, yeah. Um, I just want to leave space. Feel free. Um, come and go as you need to. Um, I feel like the Lord had us praise him on the front end. We were going to have some songs, but um, <clears throat> just want to move to a time of ministry and praise. Uh, I guarantee you she's not the only one in here who's crying out in this area. So I feel like the Lord's asking us for humility. Humility to say, Lord, what is it? <laughs> what is it that I can lay on the altar and get out in the light before you to harbor no bitterness with no foothold for the enemy? Allowing a clear highway for us to just fly down to see God move. So if there's anybody else that just wants to be ministered to and releasing some of this stuff, maybe even confessing, not to everybody in here, but coming up front and saying, hey, I need to confess. I've been complaining about <laughs> this. I've been complaining about this person. I've been grumbling. I've been dishonoring someone. Scripture says to shine the light on the darkness, right? And I, be, I feel like through humility, the Lord's going to move through humility. He's going to honor humility, dying to ourselves. If there's anybody else, just come, come up front here, sit in one of these front pews so we can know that you're wanting to be ministered to. As you sit, um, we're going to have some people come up and pray. Keep coming. If there's more people, keep coming. But... <clears throat> 
I want you to allow the Lord, as we just kind of sit here for a second, I want you to allow the Lord to move over you. Don't be waiting for somebody else to come up and pray over you to allow the Lord to minister to you, okay? So I feel like he's going to allow the Lord, minister, and then here we're going to bring some people up to pray here in a second. Anybody else? I'm telling you, man, like I, I feel like the walls are going to break down as he just breaks out unity in this place. When there is nothing hindering, no harboring of anything, no bitterness. <clears throat> Those who aren't, feel free to worship. 